Hello and welcome to Wrestling With My Friends, the only podcast talking about all types of wrestling on all continents with all types of different faces. <clears throat> Today's discussion will be focused around the past, the present, and the future of semi-professional and professional wrestling. We even have a interviewee today that we will be asking specific questions about the life of a wrestler. Right now, we'll be getting in right into the background history of professional wrestling and semi-professional wrestling. My name is Reggie Davis. My name is William R. Flack. I'm Patrick Gagan. And this is Wrestling With My Friends. Let's move into the background and history of wrestling. Wrestling can be dated as one of the oldest forms of combat and can even be traced back to ancient civilizations such as the Babylonians or Egyptians. Uh, it actually even has uh, appearances in the Bible uh, we see Jacob wrestled uh, with God and an angel, um, so it's got biblical undertones as well. But as we know, wrestling then cannot be compared to what it is now. Wrestling has been featured in every single Olympics since 1904. Uh, and in fact, countless types of wrestling exist today, including uh, collegiate wrestling, mixed martial arts, sumo wrestling, semi-professional wrestling, and professional wrestling. Semi-professional wrestling, also known as independent wrestling, was popular during its origin in the 1920s, but de-escalated fast when the wrestlers had to fight in World War II. Since then, uh, professional wrestlers, uh, aka leagues like the WWE and Raw, um, have reigned supreme, um, you know, hitting all-time popularity in the 1980s, uh, with popularity carrying over today. You know, we see wrestlers such as Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Ric Flair, uh, The Rock, and Randy Savage just dominating airways. And independent wrestling might not be as popular, but uh, many areas have local leagues. Oftentimes, these leagues are much more violent and dangerous than uh, what we see on WWE because those are televised. And uh, with the rise of semi-professional and independent wrestling... Um, we're actually poised to ask a few questions. You know, are these independent wrestling organizations at risk of toppling over and destroying um, these story professional organizations? So we brought these questions and more to self-proclaimed superfan expert Ryan Anglehale. All right, we're sitting here with Ryan Anglehale, self-described expert on all forms of wrestling, and uh, he's going to give us a little insight on what he thinks about the world of wrestling as it is today. Glad to be here. Thanks so much for having me. No problem at all. Um, well, let's just uh, hop into the first question. Um, what do you think um, makes you know independent wrestling organizations uniquely uh, different from their professional counterparts? You know, when you're talking about the WWE, formerly WWF, compared to these independent promotions, I don't foresee anybody ever catching up to Vince McMahon and what Vince McMahon is doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, they don't have the money, they don't have the spotlight, they don't have the network commitments. But I think independent wrestling is good for the world of wrestling because competition is always healthy. I think it keeps everybody on their A game. I think it keeps the WWE from being lazy and from lazy writing, lazy storytelling, lazy wrestling. I also think it's good just for the wrestlers themselves to have other places to go if things don't work out with WWE. Uh, I think it helps them contractually, financially, maybe even with things like health insurance. And so I think the more wrestling that's out there, best for the consumer. 
Yeah, so um, that's really interesting. I, I didn't realize the, the differences were like that. But um, so what made you decide to join the wrestling community? I mean, you've been a fan for so long. You know, like, where did it come from? How did it happen? And where is it today? Sure. Uh, I started watching back in 1989. I was 11 years old in the sixth grade. And some of the other guys watched it, and I started getting into it. And then we would get together and watch pay-per-views. I remember the first pay-per-view we watched was SummerSlam 89. Uh, Hulk Hogan and Brutus the Barber Beefcake were in the main event against Zeus and the Macho King Randy Savage. And right away, I just it just clicked with me. It felt like a bit of a soap opera for men. All the kids at my school watched it. And as I progressed through high school and even college, I found myself with my core group of friends and then into college at Murray with my fraternity brothers. Uh, we just used Monday nights as a time to get together, to watch, to have some fellowship. We would play cards or uh, board games or later on have some beers and just watch wrestling. Then we went, uh, when I was 21, I went to WrestleMania for the first time and loved it. So it became not an annual trip, but in the past 20 years, I've been to 10 WrestleManias, uh, largely with the same group of guys I grew up with. So even though people have families and jobs and live all over the United States, it's a time for us to still get together and watch and the common bond that we share. Uh, it's fun on a Monday. It, it's fun to have something to look forward to to watch that night. And I always look forward to Monday Night Raw. It's been on every Monday since 1993. It's the longest running weekly episodic program in the history of cable television. And you know it's going strong. So I love, I love those Mondays watching that. It's a big deal that WWE is on Fox on Friday nights now. And so even though I'm usually busy on Friday nights, I always DVR and watch it on Saturday or Sunday. Always something new to watch with wrestling, which is fun. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very uh, dynamic, ever-changing you know, landscape, it appears. <laughs> Certainly. Yeah. With the rise of competition that smaller leagues have on WWE, how does that change the wrestling landscape in the future? I think the more competition, as I said earlier, it's healthier. I think, for example, there were lots of wrestlers in WWE who were on the bubble. They weren't getting much airtime. They weren't getting much many matches. They were just kind of employed but not really being used. And typically, I think about once or twice a year, WWE will come in and lay some people off, fire some people. But when AEW came about they were trying to hold on to all of the wrestlers that they could because they didn't want AEW to swoop up and steal some of their their wrestlers, even the mid-card and lower-card talent. And so it has enabled more wrestlers to have jobs, first, first of all. There's a lot more wrestling on television. Monday nights and Friday nights, uh, there's five hours right there with WWE. On Wednesday nights, there's NXT, which is a two-hour show, which features the WWE developmental people. Uh, from Full Sail University down in Orlando. It airs head-to-head -head -head with AEW, almost a recreation of the Monday Night Wars between Nitro and Raw back in the 90s. Uh, there's so much wrestling on TV, plus you've got the WWE Network, you've got Ring of Honor, you've got Impact Wrestling, you've got Major League Wrestling, you've got New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, there's so much product. It, it's, I mean, each and every day you can see something on, on your TV which I think is fun and exciting too, not to mention everything you can access digitally. All right, um, so we'll get to the final question, and you kind of touched on it, but um, so the idea that like independent leagues are competing and taking viewership away from WWE is um, it's, it's an idea that's on the rise, and I think there's a lot of people, you know, you, you said with the, I mean, you know, the competitions on Wednesday night and things that you've alluded to, 
um, there are uh, minority of people out there who think, you know, it's time for the WWE to change, you know, and the same thing's happening with um, the NFL and other leagues. I mean, there's extreme competition from the top saying, you know, if you're not making a better product, you're not continually getting better, then we're going to, you know, we're going to change. Do you, do you see that in wrestling? I mean, Yeah, wrestling is always evolving. They're coming up with new matches. In the past probably three years, there's been a big push for the women, which is new for WWE. For the longest time, they called them divas, and they really just had models out there wrestling. They had matches that, that were the girls. They weren't athletic, but they were scantily clad. They weren't wearing wrestling singlets. They were wearing bra and panties. And that caters to a certain audience, for sure. But with Charlotte Flair, Ric Flair's daughter, with Becky Lynch, who arguably is the most popular wrestler in the company right now, uh, with the year-long contract of Ronda Rousey in WWE, who I think helped legitimize the women, um, there's been a big push for women. In fact, this year's WrestleMania saw the first-ever women's main event. Uh, last year was the first-ever all-women's pay-per-view. I don't think that those things would be happening if not for the independent promotions who have been pushing women to the forefront. Um, AEW has done a great job with that. Ring of Honor has done a good job of that. Impact Wrestling has done a good job of that. So I think WWE gets some ideas from these other companies, and ultimately WWE typically does it better just because they have the resources to do that. Um, things are always changing. New wrestlers are getting pushes. Um, wrestlers are returning. Uh, all kinds of things change and evolve. Speaking of, you mentioned football. Vince McMahon, CEO of WWE, is relaunching the XFL this year uh, to give some kind of alternative. One thing that I think Vince McMahon has always been good at, done a good job with, is changing with the times, is evolving. Um, lots more smaller wrestlers today. Back in the 80s and 90s, you had to be 300 pounds. You had to be six foot five in order to be a champion. You think about guys like Hulk Hogan. Um, Today, smaller wrestlers are getting shots. Kofi Kingston, Daniel Bryan, Rey Mysterio, um, AJ Styles. And so today, I think a lot of that is an impact of, of the indie scene and what's happening with these smaller promotions. So you'd say the smaller promotions are creating a uh, better WWE rather than toppling over the WWE? No doubt in my mind. WWE, I don't think they have anything to be worried about as far as losing money. Or, or really losing a whole lot of viewers, all it does is, you know, iron sharpens iron, and I think that it makes the product better and, and more watchable. It gives us some dream matches that we might not see on a Wednesday night, mm -hmm. and it gives us, it gives wrestlers a chance to, if they're not getting a shot in one promotion, to go to another and make, them, make a name for themselves. And when they do that, they might even go back to the other promotion eventually. Um, but I think it's just better for everyone. I love that, that wrestling is probably as popular as it's been in a long, long time, and certainly more of it out there for the consumer. Yeah, thank you. That's, that's awesome. Well, um, those are all the questions we have for you. Uh, we really appreciate your input, Brian. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. I had a good time. I always love to talk about wrestling. So in conclusion, uh, we'd like to thank Ryan Engel-Hale for the knowledge that he shared with us you know, about the differences between independent wrestling and uh, the professional wrestling counterpart. Overall, we learn that independent wrestling organizations are more known to be more about the violence and in-ring wrestling, while professional wrestling is more known to be fit for all ages, so it will be often less violent. Independent wrestling organizations help bring many people together because of the diverse fan base. 
And although independent wrestling organizations have a big impact on many people's lives, professional wrestling is more acknowledged than independent wrestling is. Uh, because of the great promoting that the CEO of the WWE, Vince McMahon, has done over his time there. So we began uh, this podcast with the idea that independent wrestling organizations were on the rise and uh, in competition with professional wrestling and were at risk of toppling over these um, juggernauts of entertainment. But through our interview and research process, we've concluded a few things that Independent wrestling uh, can only cause competition within the wrestling community, but that competition does lead to a better overall product across all leagues and all types. Um, not the decline of professional organizations or semi-professional organizations, um, but the rise of both uh, together to make a better wrestling product for the future. Thanks for coming out and listening, everybody. As always, I'm William R. Flack. I'm Patrick Gagan. I'm Reggie Davis. And this was Wrestling, Wrestling with My, my Friends. friends. <laughs> For this podcast, we retrieved information from these five sources. The first source being, One Year Later, Pro Wrestling's Future is Odd by Marcus K. Dowling. The second source being, WWE is no longer the be-all and end-all of pro wrestling, and that should worry Vince McMahon by Blake Oystersher. The third source being Professional Wrestling as Conflict Transformation by Ashley Souther. The fourth source being The Raw Nature of Televised Professional Wrestling is The Violence a Cause for Concern by Ron Tamburini et al. And the fifth source being a personal interview with Ryan Engelhell.